0: back we are back welcome everyone to match point number nine of tennis bets podcast i'm one of three hosts here david ej Berger. you can find our show handle at mp9 tennis on twitter and all the socials these days including threads the social battles are 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 here now john (laughs) Mm -hmm. if this is your first time listening chances are that's how you found us if you're a returning listener returning champion welcome back we are down Derek, but still going from california to canada as we are joined once again by Mr. John Reed. You can find him at Jared Tweets Tennis. He does betting content for his own brand at Tidbits Tennis. He writes for the Action Network betting expert Hammer HQ. He does tennis form recaps. John, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's, been
1: a, it's been a good July outside of, you know, the day we're recording. Today has been absolutely horrible. Luckily, Roman Saffiulman was there to catch me as I was falling. And minimize the pain that was in that was uh, done by a Katarina Alexandrova. 91 on four stairs by a single player. That's gotta be a, a record for best of three match It's gotta be. And Jason Kubler. They can go both, they can both go fuck themselves.
0: Our boy McCubler. Jason yeah. Kubler.
1: Your guy now. He's he's on My he's guy. on the blacklist for me for a little while. <laughs> Two weeks, timeout, no bet zone.
0: Yeah. Shari scams another win.
1: <laughs> he's such a fraud man he's yes. such a like is he the biggest like impersonation not impersonation but the biggest encapsulation of a serve bot on tour now seriously like is there anyone that that has less to their game other than a serve plus one forehand now that Opelka's been hurt forever and Isner's pretty much gone is there anyone that's more serve body than him I can't think of them like Chris Eubanks has a little bit more to his game some other guys have a net game like he is just pure bot like, Stru- no skill but serve forehand. That's it.
0: Stroof has a little bit of a net game, huh?
1: Stroof has a net game. Stroof also has a better baseline game. Like, he has a baseline game. To me, no, to me, I'm sorry.
0: Jari is just a pure bot. I think he would wear that crown proudly as he uh, just keeps winning. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of winning and losing let's hop right into our accountability uh, our accountability segment and recap what we talked about last time in this podcast in a segment we call what did we win what did we learn wins Bublik. money line minus 187 cash it uh john you accurately described him winning in three sets and uh, we really should have investigated that price <laughs> on the fly uh cuz that came in pretty easy uh and you also had a you mentioned a parlay Bublik, and the over and the Barrios Vera, Goffin mm-hmm. sets over so that parlay. Yeah, actually, if you like those? That cashed. Uh, Halis money line at minus one thirty five versus Vukic. Cash that for me. Hit the easy. F- too. Easy. I woke up. Well, I actually was. <laughs> it kicks off about three a.m. my time, so <laughs> uh, I have like. An internal sweat clock that kicks in around then now <laughs> when I'm sleeping, <laughs> so I just, just like rolled over to see what was going on, and uh, yeah, I was up a break early. It was it was great. Uh, hit him on the S one money line today versus Sinner, plus nice. two fifty, which was a nice little hit. Thank you, Hollies did your job. Uh, what about Liam Brody plus four hundred cash that for the podcast that's a victory lap right there (laughs) I should I mean why am I not on Twitter sending out like 18 fire emojis like uh, we just grind on on this podcast that's not about it's not about the the celebrations of the big wins it's about grinding John Mm -hmm. agree wins and loss right, have some wins and losses here uh, John won on Galan moneyline plus one seventy, uh, which was the plus EV ve- bet all the way. Uh, versus Oscar Ota, uh, I lost the uh, lay in the sets minus one and a half. Uh, Galan comes up for me today though. Bet him plus two twenty. Thank you. Taking down Mister Emer, uh, I won on Laheshka, though John lost on Dolo, moneyline. Uh, we both lost on Barros Vera moneyline plus two hundred, but the over three and a half sets comes in at minus one eighty. And you know what, John? This was a a, a good point you made on the on the, on the podcast about value on the the minus one eighty because you know how that got over, right? Goffin was down two breaks, <laughs> broke back or, or no? Goffin was up two breaks. Barros Vera broke back two times. I mean, a, a, a truly outlier outcome to get to <laughs> that fourth set. So you have to think, like those those four sets were like pretty pretty in play at, at a greater price. Or, like the the minus one eighty was short, given the, the the variety of outcome, like the variety of ways in which that happened based on what actually happened in in the match. Does that make sense? You you understand what I'm saying? Like it was it like a it's a really spread of distributions here? Yeah. Uh, losses. Tomas Secheverry doesn't do it for us, sadly. Wawrinka ball bashes to another win. It's so frustrating. It's
1: like... Give him give him credit, though. Like Unlike Jari, I give him credit for that win. Uh, because Jari's just like, hey, if I can land a lot of first serves, I win. Whereas Wawrinka did win a lot of baseline points and hit some great shots. He's not like, I hit big serve. I hit forehand. Me win point. Right? Like, that's... And like, Nico Jari even looks like a guy that sounds like that. When he like when he's between points spitting on the court like an ogre all the time. So, you know. Yes, is this me butt-hurt that my bet lost? You're fucking right it is.
0: Uh, my boy Big Dom Stricker talked about that being a, a personal play. Uh, personal frustrating loss. Uh, he's, he's cooking with gas versus Tiafoe in the first set. And then chokes away three set points. Uh, one of which on serve tough 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 Uh, match was pretty much over after that uh but there you have it all right john well let's move on to round the rest of round three here. Is some of this round four this is round round three and four where are we in where are we at here
1: no i don't think round four should start until sunday yeah round four doesn't start till sunday six days is the first three rounds two rounds uh, two days first round, two days, f- two days second round, two days third round. So, tomorrow is supposed to be the end of the third round, and it will be. They will have caught up. So, everyone whining and crying, oh my god, kids and women are never finishing time. It's caught up by the first Saturday. Chill out, we're
0: fine. Well, we have mostly round three matches to talk about here. If while we're talking, a couple of lines trickle in for round four, we will hop on it. Uh, but first. Let me talk to you about Spotify for podcasters. All right, John, round three here. And uh, I have a bet that I, I feel like you'll agree with. And man, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it because it's already trending my way and getting cheaper. And that is Alexander Vander Zverev money line minus 130 versus Matteo Berrettini opened up around minus 140 on Bovada. It's down 10 cents. It's down seven cents on Bet Online. The total is at forty-two. The spread is one. Now I understand Berrettini. Wait, you bet, you bet Zverev? Of course, you bet Bertini.
1: Yeah,
0: okay, I'm so bet, he I'm opened bet. minus
1: one thirty. He's down a minus one twenty-five though at Pinnacle.
0: Like it's going against you. Oh well, I, 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 I view that as a positive sign well, when the when the public oh. is hitting the wrong side. <laughs>
1: oh no you gotta have no no clv man you gotta be beating the market right because you could bet that same thing now at a better price right
0: oh well, i'm gonna hit it again i i okay, i well, there you I,
1: go. I i get encouraged when the line moves the wrong way on me <laughs> i i don't DCM, really believe- baby. no dca what am i saying dcm what an idiot dollar ca- dollar cost average just keep it keeps moving just keep making your average your average entry price cheaper if you yeah if you believe in it hell jump on it. if it gets to minus 120 i i If it gets minus one twenty, jump on it more, and you just that way you're in your portfolio. You've got three different tickets, and the average price is is cheaper than that original. But um, yeah, they're they're liking Berrettini out there on the public spheres.
0: Well, Berrettini has played seven grass matches so far. He's holding at a ninety five percent rate. Berrettini has won two matches uh, in a row for the first time in a long time. Mostly through service holds as well, uh, did get some breaks versus Demon Demonor, who's he's breakable though. Let's let's be real; he doesn't have the strongest serve. It's not really uh, a surprise that he was able to find breaks, uh, but uh, John, I think you would agree the the backhand wing uh, in this match is going to be pretty one sided toward the German.
1: Yeah, I just, I hate the way he's winning ugly. And that's what's going to keep me off the match. I'm not betting Berrettini. I'm not going to both sides it here. I would make, <clears throat> pardon me, I would make the case um, for Berrettini. Just, you know, when he's when he's found his serve like this and his serve plus one, uh, I'd much rather have him than Zverev, just in the sense that Zverev throws away more service games. Like I said, it, it kind of falls under that umbrella of winning ugly, which he's been doing for, t- like, you have to give him credit though. He's winning. Winning ugly is still freaking winning but when it goes wrong it goes really wrong and he does like even today was not the most impressive performance through 3 sets against Yosuke Watanuki who is a very good server very flat kind of aggressive baseliner and not that great of a returner doesn't have a very reliable backhand who does that sound like it's like Matteo Berrettini but you know the challenger version level and he's still got a set off spare so it's a little concerning it's for me it's a pass I'm not trying to say go take I'm not trying to say take Beratini, especially after he opened at plus one thirty. I'm not betting him at plus one ten, that's for sure. Um, but I would I would say just, you know, grains of salt was Varev. If you're gonna go like two units, I'd probably cut it down to a unit and a half. You know, I'm not saying uh don't bet it at all if you like it. I would just I did that the other day with Pagula's under. And I, I, you know, there's a... she kind of showed me why, right? She went from six. 6-2-5-1-40-15, or 6 one 5 2 15 one or the other. Point is, she had match points on serve. Ends up being 5-4 on serve at love 30, almost blowing the under. These players have been winning ugly lately, and those people I just I would just reduce my stake on a little bit if you like them.
0: These guys last played in 2021 in the ATP Finals, Zverev, One through a retirement, won a tie-break 7-6 set, and then Berrettini retired in the second set after a single game. Zverev beat Berrettini in Madrid, serve-oriented clay tournament, uh, 2-1 in in three sets. And and then we're we're getting a little bit further further back in, in history at 2019. Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: they're not the same. Neither of these guys is the same players. They were in 2021, even let alone 2019.
0: All right. Well, tie breaks are likely, and Berrettini can have an extra gear in in tie breaks, as uh, our long-lost co-host Derek would would point out. Uh, But I I feel like this should be a much more decided favorite for Zverev. Uh, Like minus 150, minus 155, minus 160 on the money line. If this is going to, especially if it's coming down, uh, I, I find this to be a, a, a great bet on Zverev, who should dominate and backhand rallies and just as likely to have a huge service game, which leads to holds.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you can get the first set over. Um, sorry. 10 and a half is only plus 120 three three after six games is minus 150. Like these things are all close to being in line yeah I'll just end up skipping that there's a bet boost available bet 365 that says over nine and a half games in each of the first two sets plus Vera of money line and it's plus 260. now that sounds pretty decent my only issue is the set overs they only spread the first set over so you couldn't even see what you could what their own parlay of those three markets would give you which is a kind of annoying but in a surf oriented affair if you're going to degen money on this match i don't hate that bet boost from plus 240 to plus 260 that the implied probability change there is also tiny so it's not even that great of a boost but you know just for people to be aware of it out there if you want to degen money on it that's probably where i'd go
0: but no official like side or total for me on this it's like that I feel like I've seen a lot of overreaction in the markets like Michael Moe being uh, basically a pick with uh, Max Martyr after his huge win. Uh, people were betting into Thessaly versus O'Connell. O- O'Connell closes as the dog in that match <laughs> did
1: he really damn honestly I would have added more and I, like I don't just say that because I had a unit and a half at pick and you know he's another guy who saved my ass today from. One of, like, a nearly historic losing day. If it weren't for Sefuelin and Von Drossova, who almost blew it, and him, it would have been really, really bad. So, shout out to Chris EO. Straight sets, Never in doubt. Domination. I gave that uh, preview on my Patreon page last night. And it was probably my most confident, like, when I listened back, and it was probably my most confident rundown of any match. It was just stupid. Vesley beat Corda, And the overreaction, I mean, one... Remember the and this is actually I'll make this point as a standalone because this is something that you need to watch in markets as well. People talk about overreaction wins, right? You know, Vesley beats Corda, market overreacts. Now you got value on Chris O'Connell, but what about like? I I don't want to make it seem like this is some scientific term or math term, but. In my mind, there's like the double re- over- overreaction syndrome there where Cordo was overvalued to, to begin with, right? Off of his Queens run. I've talked about it on this podcast before. We talked about it at the Wimbledon preview. Just like the Medvedev run in Rome. It was clear as day. Like is a very good player. He will be great. But he's not going to just go from struggling to, you know, going deep every single tournament. So Cordo was overvalued to begin with. And then Vesley beats him, and now the market overreacts to that. And it's kind of like you're overreacting to a price that already had an overreaction built in, right? You know what I mean? D- Does this
0: make sense? Yeah, I know. I it tracks. It's like uh right? it's a kind of so a, like, a, it, a very unique situation. It's like uh you know, c- compounding um variants. Com- exactly.
1: Yes, it's like a domino effect, you're compounding overreactions, and it just it just felt like it, mag- it like it really put focus on Chris O'Connell as there's just a lot of, there was an overvaluation on Corda. there's an overvaluation on Vesley beating Corda, And so like Crystal O'Connell is the perfect candidate here. Good grass game, flat hitting, serve plays up, far more endurance, much better uh, rally tolerance. Like, yeah, he had the matchup. You weren't just blind betting into this overreaction fade. You actually had a good opponent to do it within a great price. It's going to be very rare, but when you find those opportunities, take them, right? I think that's, that's kind of one of the, the betting lessons I learned looking at that price point trying to put together why it was wrong. And then you realize it's not just wrong because Vesley beat Corda. It's wrong because Corda was overvalued in the first place, right? So it's like a chain reaction down the line.
0: And I'm sniffing a potential overreaction spot to these two wins for Berrettini. Uh, Stenegro, who we both agree is not very good uh, off clay. And Demon, who is uh, just a, can be a, a a player that's a top player. That's very beatable. Yeah. You know what? I that point I do I do completely agree
1: with that like Zerv is not Demon Hour, nor is he Lorenzo Sonego. Like, grass ain't his favorite surface, but he's still superior to Sonego, and his serve is infinitely better than Demon. So it's a completely different opponent. You can't really give Berrettini credit until you see a win here, I think.
0: Berrettini career 33 18 on grass. So not 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 his worst surface either. All right. Let's move to Chris O'Connell versus Chris Eubanks. Eubanks is up to minus 195 as the favorite off his hot win today versus Cam Norrie. Big shout out to uh, King Mullet, who's been right in the bank's train, pushed me into making a play on the money line there, and that cashed. Chris O'Connell is plus 160 as the dog. The total is at 41 and a half. The spread is three. And I feel like they've priced Chris Eubanks up into an unplayable number, but could be wrong. John, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think I'll be right back. I got to take a lap. For uh, for being the idiot with a no IQ that didn't save his anecdote on Chris O'Connell until the section that we're talking about Chris freaking O'Connell it wasn't even a good segue what an idiot oh my god yeah um same thing copy paste what I said about his last match cashing against Vesley and do it all over again with Eubanks I like the I, I like his one handed backhand more I like his movement more uh, I like his grass pedigree just as much. I mean, yeah, he he just beat Cam Nori, Chris Eubanks. It's a very good win. I don't know if it's a total overreaction spot because O'Connell is kind of, again, like a similar type-ish player. But you can't just say he beat Nori, he'll beat O'Connell. You've got to look at Eubanks versus Nori, how he won that, and then how does he match up with O'Connell. And I don't think it's that great of a matchup for him. I, I don't think – I think he'll probably come to net as much or more. I don't think he's that much better at net. Like I said, the one-handed backhand, I'll trust O'Connell all day. The ability to generate angles, I'll trust O'Connell all day. And you don't need the biggest of serves to stop Chris Eubanks from breaking you because he's not the greatest returner. So you get a serve that plays up and against a poor returner, kind of like, you know, all that adds up to a pretty damn likely high hold percentage here for, for O'Connell. Now, plus 166, I mean, he's he's the guy that... That helped me uh, avoid a a devastating day uh, on the third second slash third round. So I'll go ahead and and, and reback O'Connell here.
0: Now I am worried about this being a little a literal carbon copy of the Jari Kubler match that I just have that I have PTSD from now.
1: <laughs> yes, but here we get twenty more cents. You're not playing. You're like Jari is better than Chris Eubanks, right? Like we can agree there. I think Jari's better to Eubanks to a larger extent than Kubler's better than O'Connell. And I don't think O'Connell is a big double fault guy, right? Kubler legitimately double-faulted in I think at least two of the service games he was broken in. And even in that match, like he played pretty poorly. Like if if O'Connell was comparable to Kubler. That was a really bad Jason Kubler today, right? A lot of unforced errors, um, a lot of double faults. Yes, Eubanks can serve his way out of trouble as well, but to me, I think that Jari's a bit better of a player just because his serve botting is more effective than Eubanks is. Right? He's a tour level serve bot versus challenger tour level serve bot. So, I mean, and like I said, you're also getting. 20 to 25 cents now up to plus 168 so uh you're not getting 25 cents more on the dollar tobacco connell against eubanks and you were kubler against jari christ i might have just talked myself into another like three four unit bet here i love i love chris o'connell in this spot and it's gonna look like chasing losses i know as soon as i post it at multiple units I'm like oh my god he's doing it again chasing another aussie against a big server trying to chase down his kubler losses like now if i didn't see three or four units of value in it i wouldn't post it for that much i would just post it for one or two but uh, I, I think this is probably going to be another big bet.
0: I mean, if the dog money line is going to keep creeping up and, you, you know, on the, on the O'Connell side, based off the big win for Eubanks, uh, I definitely think that the EV side is, is is the Australian. All right, John, speaking of dogs, please talk me off playing Alejandro Davidovich Fokina at plus 225 or higher uh, versus Holger Runa, because, man... I think I'm going to. Holger Runa is minus 285 on the money line. The spread is four and a half. The total is at 38 and a half. This feels like a really winnable match for Fokina for him to be such a huge dog, man.
1: Mm, Yeah, I I get it. I mean, that that is a big price. I'm not playing Runa, but Runa's got the better serve. Runa's got a more consistent game. Runa's better from the baseline. Um, you know, obviously mentally stronger. Basically all the things that have allowed him to enter the top 10 that haven't for Davidovich Fokina, right? Elite backhand. Davidovich Fokina doesn't have that. He's got incre- incredible shot-making abilities, incredible athleticism, a great fo- uh, forehand, and a pretty damn good serve. The serve isn't as good for me as is, especially the second serve. The athleticism they both have, the movement and court coverage they both have, although the ceiling for Davidovich is a little higher. He's basically a right-handed chap Ravalov, but Not as bad to the negative side. To me, I'll take the solid guy every time there. And I mean, I'll I'll take him 60, 65% of the time. Now, the problem is he's not a 60% favorite. He's like a 70% favorite. That's a significant difference. So I get it. If there's a side to take here on the money line at over plus 200, which means you're down in the 30% range, your break even percentage is in that 30% range or lower for david michalkina i can't fault anyone for taking that i don't think this is a 70 30 proposition that's a little extreme like it's obvious Holgerun is a clear favorite like i don't if anyone disputes that i don't like just point me to them so i can block them they're not even worth engaging with but i don't think anyone would say that so i don't think that's going to be an issue <laughs> but yeah i mean i get it i, I don't want to play it i'm probably not going to play it i understand it is there value there? Probably. Is this why I'm not a professional at this at this point? Sure. You know, these people, people that do this professionally uh, take the value where they see it. I kind of just want to be like, I don't want anything to do with another davidovich Vichokina money line against a really good player. I'm, I'm out.
0: I'm feeling the same way, man. I, I can't live <laughs> through it again. I can't like have him on serve about to win and then get broken and lose the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you know you know this guy's gonna be this match competitive and then choke it it's just it's coming might be a good actual match uh to live in play you know what well, Actually, the more i think about it i kind of want david eventual man like you know what i will say it, it might be good to have F- fokey money line in pocket because he might get up two sets and then you can probably lock in some profit because he will ultimately choke it. <laughs> he will find a way to lose. Uh all right. Laszlo Gera is plus four sixty-eight versus Stefano Sitsipas off his big win against Andy Murray that happened over two days. Probably loses it if that match plays out. On the first day, the favorite in Steph is at minus six eighteen. Total is five and a half or the spread is five and a half, totals of thirty-eight. And uh as another one, man, this is just too much too bit I mean like another like Steph's been losing left and right. Now he did just play his best match. Well, the first set of Murray of the Murray match was like the best Steph has played maybe since the Australian Open twenty twenty two versus Yannick Center.
1: <laughs> and he still only had what one break point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, uh, I, I feel like I got to take a bite on this huge money line with Jera. Uh, not that I like Jera's just a guy that I feel like can can make it difficult and then stuff can go haywire. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I'd look at the over here probably. I just, I wanted to fade since he passed here. I don't, I just, uh, it's, Get Lazo Jera, man. Really? Like, they're going to give Sissy Pass a walk to the fourth round? Come on, man. Like, really, Andy Murray? The one time I'm cheering for this guy. The one time I'm cheering for this insufferable human being. And he blows a 2-1 lead against Steph to tank. And let the kid basically walk into the fourth round. Well, I guess I'll see whoever it is that's there in the fourth round against him. I'll probably just pass on this fade, even on the over. I mean, Steph can and will find a break here and there against Jera. I don't want to be involved in um, in relying on Jared to find a tiebreaker too or win a set.
0: The set market is is juice that I have now. I, I will not pay minus 145 for Jared to win a set. That's too much. See, to me, that's nuts. That's To me, that's nuts because I actually don't have it in the 50. I have
1: it. I don't even have it in the 50% range. I have it in like the 47 to 48% range. I think pr- probably gonna end up seeing value on Steph 3 nothing. believe it or not. Which I like, I mean, just with my own logic and instinct, I'm gonna be able to rule out <laughs> like on I mean, grass.
0: I mean, Jared can get the thing is, Jarrah can get to a tie break. Like he does play a lot of tie tiebreak sets. So I don't know. I, I think that. At almost five to one on the money line'll I'll take a a 0.25 you bite on it and just maybe I'll luck box into a win I'm not super passionate about the play though to be honest yeah all right we're trying to keep it short today because we're both busy men Francis Tiafo money line is minus 120 he's the favorite versus Grigor Dimitrov who is even money the total is at 41 and a half here Big foe took down my guy Dom. I have Tiafo twelve to one uh for this quarter. I I this is a potential hedge spot for me with a, with that price. I think I'm passing and I think I'm backing Francis Tiafo on the money line here.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean look, Gregor's form is has been there, right? That's why I think the form and, and maybe this year's statistics are why. We saw at Pinnacle anyway, foe opened plus 107, which clearly an egregious price uh, to, to to post. It's been bet down to minus 115 since then. So at least like, yeah, Dimitri has been informed. There's no denying that. He's looked really good. Like, I can't really dispute that statement. But Francis Tiappa was one hell of a grass, uh, sorry, quick court player, and he is, growing into his own on grass as well i have uh tiafo 12 to 1 in pocket as well same as you thinking about doubling down but i'm probably gonna wait till my till i get till it gets to minus 105 to do it i think i'll leave it um at the minus 115 but again i I, i'd side with you on this as tiafo is is the play for me in this price range i just want it a little bit further uh on the cheaper side at minus 105
0: yeah i feel like dimitrov uh i i feel like athleticism edge um Tiafo, i think endurance edge Tiafo. i think more likely to find holds Tiafo at this short price i will i will back big foe <laughs> all right quickly john are you back into marty fuchovich plus 340 versus Daniil medvedev how do you know it's I'm?
1: he just he doesn't have the pop i'd want for someone to fade medvedev with, he has the grass court play. He keeps the ball nice and low. That backhand slice super effective. If he can force Medvedev back behind the court, like, you know, deep return positioning, kind of behind the baseline, not behind the court, pardon me. Then I think he has the ability to to leave that slice intentionally short. You know, hit one of those slices that, that lands in the forecourt up near the service box and doesn't bounce almost at all. That could be a useful tactic, but he doesn't come to net enough for me to back him against Medvedev, the price is below five dollars or plus four hundred. I believe it's not like what three fifty, plus three fifty, not anywhere near what I, I'd want it to be. I want it to be on the other side of plus four hundred. Yeah, plus three forty five, uh, and like I said, not enough power there for me. Not enough net game for me. You're really relying on his slice and his grass court comfort as the two things he does. I think a bit better than Medvedev. But again, I just I don't see him as the guy that can kill those those loopy forehand those loop, loopy backhands that are left really short. Those defensive shots that Medvedev does give up uh, quite frequently. He can't punish them as much and so for me it's a pass.
0: Passing as well. I'm also passing on Yuri Laheshka, Tommy Paul because I I just straight up don't know what's going to happen in that one. <laughs> I have no take or angle uh, to attack. Uh I would think it leans Tommy, uh, but Tommy is Tommy Paul.
1: Yeah, I learned that the other day. <laughs> oh, did I learn that? You, if I had three nothing on top of the minus one and a half cents, bro, I would have flipped my shit. Holy cow! How the hell did you not win that in straights against Milos Raonic? I just think that look, the one thing Milos isn't is super erratic. He doesn't. His footwork sucks. He tries to run around a lot of backhands, but again, when your footwork sucks, you fail at doing that a lot. Uh, let the ball get into his feet, into his body too much, but his serve forehand is still there, and he doesn't commit a ton of bad unforced errors like Lehechka will. To me, I think Paul's the play again. I think I've got to go back to the well here, and it sucks. But I think Paul is the play uh, on the money line when it's minus 115. Are you kidding? Really? Really? These guys are even to you? No, nah, Like, Tommy Paul's better player on, on grass right now than Yuri Lechke. So... Just, just based on that. I mean, I could go into why he's a better player, but you know, we want to keep things rather short. And I don't, I don't think that's a controversial statement to make. So I'll just leave it at that and say he's better. But he's being priced as a pick, maybe the tiniest of favorites. He's not the slightest of favorite. He should be a like minus one thirty, minus one thirty five ish kind of favorite, not a minus one fifteen.
0: All right. To recap, I'm going to play Alexander Zverev on the money line down at minus one twenty five now. I'm also going to play Francis Tiafo on the money line at minus one twenty. John is going to play Chris O'Connell at money line at now plus one seventy. Yeah, one sixty eight. So one seventy. Yeah, I got a one seventy on bet online. There you go. I am indecisive and non-committal on Fokina, but it does feel like the plus two twenty five is something decent to have in pocket. I'm going to have. Just a little bit of bite on Jera, at almost five to one money line, uh, and if it quickly goes, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Yeah, and for me, Tiafo money line, Paul,
1: money line, and like you said, O'Connell, money line, and that. I mean, I might look. Oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I might look into Nico Jari as well. Right now at plus a nine hundred, which means he's catching
0: six and a half games hold on a second what's this okay nico jari plus 340 set one money line i will be playing that there you go yeah i mean um
1: that's probably i might look at the six and a half there but i hate nico jari and i want to see carlos alcaraz do well on on grass it'll be good for the game so i'll be taking jari but rooting for alcaraz if that makes sense Just give me that cover, baby. That's all I want from you. Get me a 7-6, 7-6, and then fade away and go back to Chile with a 6-2 third set.
0: All right. Bublik is a short favorite to Rublev.
1: Oh, that's the other one. Sorry. Yes. Give me me the double down on Bublik. That's the fourth round, though,
0: right? That is the fourth. It just dropped. Plus 110. I'll be playing Bublik Um, as well.
1: Yeah, I'll be on Bublik there, probably on Shapo against Sefula, but we'll do that in the fourth round pod, I would think, right?
0: Well, I don't know if we'll be back. We'll be back in time. Okay, that's well,
1: little preview All of right. what I'll be on for the fourth round. Then Chappo and Bublik, and then I'll if we come back for a fourth round podcast, I'll delve into it in a more detailed manner. If not, it'll be on the Patreon where
0: I give my previews anyway. So we'll go that way. All right. Follow John at. Jared tweets Tennis at Tibbit's Tennis. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. Do subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a five star rating. Give us a review. If you're on Apple and you like what you hear, please give us a review. Until next time, see you in the court.